We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your man, Chris Scott Moore, joined as always with the careless whisperer, Sean Nash. Ooh. And Alex, wake me up before you go, go, Gibson. It's me. Hi, I'm the co-host. It's me. What's going on, boys? Sorry about those references. I just really like to wham them down your throat. <laughs> Oh, fucking God. Oh, fucking God. You deserve jail for that, not for yeah. other things. Nothing's more relevant than Wham jokes in 2023. They play, they play. Yeah. yeah. RJ City, watch your fucking spot, man. Uh, I'm taking it. They're coming for it. All right, Sean. So let me hand things off to you for you to introduce how things are going to be a little bit interesting before I go into housekeeping stuff. Yeah, usually we always do the the normal shtick, hit you with some news, match moments, cringes, but this week we're going to say fuck it, going to hit the hits, going to hit the big topics and the big matches and the big tournament. So we'll, we'll talk about what's prevalent. Yeah, and the one thing I don't want you to say fuck it to is subscribing to Wrestling Latest. So wherever you listen to your podcast, if that's Apple, if that's Spotify, uh, give us a like, give us a listen, subscribe and share it with your friends in the internet wrestling community. You can also follow us at wrestling elitist on Instagram and Twitter on our Twitter page is where we'll have our discord that show, or I'm sorry, our link tree where it shows, uh, links to some of our uh, various sites, such as, uh, our merch shop where you can buy some very, very fantastic, colorful wrestling elitist gear to make you the envy of Andy Dead Show. Yes, definitely. Um, and then also you can go visit us at WrestlingElitist.com where we host our uh, articles and match reviews. Right now we have a lot of action going on with the G1, which we'll be talking about in depth tonight. But before we go into the G1 and talk about that, um, it's been a historic week for AEW as well. You have uh, one of the best matches ever on free TV, and then you have Blood and Guts. Let's go into the tag match with FTR and Bullet Club Gold. What what, what were your thoughts on this match? Besides, yeah, it being I mean, good, first, I mean, that's first of all, FTR, FTR. We talk about how great they are. We talk about how good you know of a tag team they are. But they might be the best tag team at uh, two out of three falls matches. So Sean and I were fortunate enough to be there physically. Sean, maybe not True. mentally, for that. Uh, two out of three falls match <laughs> against <laughs> uh, against um, DIY, and then they obviously had the great one with um, uh, the Briscoes. Uh, they've yeah. now had this one with Bullet Club Gold. Did they they probably have, they haven't done any with the Young Bucks yet, have they? I'm sure they will eventually. Uh, but it just seems like every single time they do it, they make they make history as making having the best two out of three falls match. Um, absolutely the best match I've seen on television this year. Jay White is incredible. His ability, you mm-hmm. said it and you actually said it in your article the week before Chris about Jay White's ability to kick out at 2.99999. And it's actually funny because I, I was looking for it even more than I, I already, I already knew it was good, but I was looking for it more after reading your article and it's funny how good he is that it makes Dax did one where it looked like just it looked like a I was trying to do a 2.99 kick like it just it made him look like an amateur. That's just how good Jay White is mm-hmm. um, by by the end of the match. I wasn't I was I wouldn't have been surprised if they had actually swapped the belts there. Um, great match uh, and, you know, interesting in the fact that. FTR does every single thing that they can, but they just cannot pin Jay White. Like they, they made yes. Jay White look like such a fucking star. 
Oh, just great, great phenomenal match, Alex. You said it great, but FTR continues just to show out and love to see Jay White uh, get a star-worthy performance. Even if it is in a tag match, it's about time we start getting that Jay White ball rolling. Yeah, and he's done a tremendous job, and they've done a tremendous job of protecting him. Like He never took a fall. Um, he's typically the one that goes over cash um, on these falls, so he's looking really good right now. But what I loved about this match, too, is like, just like little things of um, how in modern wrestling today, it, it would like it almost makes no sense to not have a run in, which which is so fucking mm-hmm. stupid. But it's like, oh, because they're in uh, the gun club now is with them. Like you'd think they'd run out or you think there'd be like a dumb ref bump or a kick to the balls or something. It was just straight, clean wrestling, yeah. better team one, which was so satisfying to watch yeah. as a viewer. Um, the thing I loved too was just that streak of you mentioned like the 2.99 shit, like the false finishers, like the that power and glory uh, sequence they did, or that homage where um, there's a superplex and a splash, and then this time because they did it last week, Juice jumps and interferes and does the frog splash. Oh yeah, and then they did the Briscoe thing where it was like the the power bomb into the cutter, um, and then they did even the sunset flip thing where. Jay didn't really go down and uh, Cash had to do like an extra clothesline. I mean, just like little things like that were those false finishes that were just so like, oh, I thought that was the fall. I thought that was the fall. I thought that was the fall. Like they did such a great job of doing that. And that was just, again, in the second fall, um, I was blown away by it. I actually thought at first they did get injured um, at the very end mm-hmm. when Axe or Axe, when, when Dax did the Hurricane Rana thing on the outside, oh, I was like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like it, it just hooked me in. Like I, I totally bought it. And th- th- there's no greater feeling than watching a match and going, I don't know who's going to win. I'm happy with whatever happens. And I, I have no clue how it's going to end. And everything is satisfying at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, uh, about a year ago, almost to the date, maybe we need to republish it. I published a public apology article to uh, Ray Phoenix, uh, apologizing for uh, when we went to that show in Chicago, you and I, Sean, yeah. and he had uh, nobody in his line. And I was like, uh, this guy's not, a, I don't want to see this guy. And I was me acknowledging that I was wrong. And God damn it, if Juice Robinson hasn't completely turned my opinion on him and his time since Jay White has joined him, uh, I think we're all rock hard for for Juice Robinson. Uh, we we love we love Juice. Uh, we love the Bullet Club Gold. We love the guns and Gold Bullet Club Gold. Um, the group is just gold right now for me, and them being the stars of Collision right now is probably a big part of why Collision is my favorite wrestling show on television right now. Yeah, um, you know, I was going to make a rock hard joke and say like, well, thank God the camera's in on me or whatever. Um, (laughs) So I want to go into the differences between Collision and Dynamite in just a moment. Let's go into the Owen final, though. Um, Starks going over Punk. Surprised by that finish? Do you like it? Do you like Starks being a dick to Liger? Um, Where do you think this goes? Um, Surprised by it, for sure. I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Um, did not like seeing Liger kind of just get the the shine ripped away from him like that, uh, even if it was going straight into Battle of the Belts. But uh, uh, truly surprising. Uh, hopefully it does start the, the, the heel turn for Ricky Starks after a kind of disappointing face yeah. spiel he had there. I, I was very much surprised by it. I don't love that 
so many matches. I, I think even the, really the final three matches with so the two semifinals and the finals all were kind of more roll up finishes rather than like a true decisive hit your finisher one, two, three, you know, shoulders on the mat. I don't, I don't necessarily love that the tourney didn't really have fully clean finishes at all. Um, I, as I complained about that right after they gave us the, that fully clean two out of three falls <laughs> match. Um, but it was definitely a surprise and I think it's a good, it's a good sign that like the rumors of what punk wants to do aren't just him. It was, it's not just him giving lip service to the dirt sheets of like, Oh yeah, I want to help make stars. Like the fact that he came back and was willing to take a loss, whether it was fully clean or not so soon. I, I, I enjoyed that. Well, and it totally takes away his angle of, I have the belt and Jake Roberts snake bag here. You know, I'm the rightful champion like that totally. So that's gone now. So he sacrificed that for, I mean, obviously the MJF Adam Cole angle is a little bit hotter, but um, that's, that's, that sacrifice now that he lost to Starks. So he obviously sees something there and hopefully um, the company sees something in Starks again too, because he seemed destined for WWE. Like he just, it just seemed like he was going to be, I mean, I don't know the length of his contract, but it seemed like he was going to just be not jobbed out, but just kind of de-emphasized to the point of like, Oh, he's Ethan Page. No offense. Go, go join Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nightmare so Factory we all 2. like Collision. 0. A lot better show. I think that's universal. CM Agreed. Punk is doing a good job. Apparently he had like a meeting with everyone too about like how to, you know, do things to differentiate themselves from Dynamite. Um, so I think, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> how to run a target. Uh, yeah. You said how to, and I just said to run a target. Oh, <laughs> I didn't catch what you were saying. I thought you were like, Ugh. I thought you were like breaking the fourth wall, and we had to like pause or stop or something. I don't know. Uh, no, sorry. No, sorry. As I was saying it, I was leaning over to my cat was coming over, so that's on me. It's okay. Um, so the differences between Collision and Dynamite really feels like Collision is kind of a ROH old school show, while Dynamite is um, Tony Khan booking a better version of TNA maybe or WWE yeah. maybe like yeah. that's kind of how I see it. Kishi. Dy- yeah. Dynamite cool. feels a little bit, a little bit WWE ish. And, and I, I haven't just talked about that with you guys. I've talked about it with some other people that have felt the same way, like especially as they've been doing this MJF and Adam Cole stuff. I've liked some of it, but some of it's been too much for me. Like, the the what was it two weeks ago now when they did the whole like video game uh plug like where it was like very much yeah. like a it felt like paid promotion type thing even though it was their own thing that felt so wwe like it, it just all of a sudden i'm like okay so the, yeah is is uh all in gonna have a baja blast match like it's just what's what's next <laughs> and so i i think that collision feels I think the big part of it is the fact that there's not as much talent on there. Um, it feels like there's dedicated stories that are being advanced every single week. It feels a hundred percent. Like I said yesterday in our group chat, like feels like what I think that Tony thought he was going to do when ROH, when he was trying to get ROH a television deal. And it, it just, it feels like it caters more to us, which I understand maybe isn't what caters to what gets sure. you a million viewers every week, but that's why it's exciting that, um, you know, we had originally sent our, our, our segment. So I'll just say my news of the week was going to be that 
apparently Turner doesn't care about the viewer numbers so much as they care about rank uh, and where Collision ranks each uh, each Saturday. And it's ranking in the top five, I believe, like other than like if there's a big sporting event. So obviously that's going to change when college football comes. But the fact that they're okay with the with the viewership being not as high as long as it's relatively doing well against everything else that's going up um, makes me feel good about the prospects of them continuing down this path, even if it's not generating 900,000, 1 million views. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like it caters to the the pure wrestling fan, the wrestling fan of the old days uh, where it was just straight up wrestling, not having to get the attention of a, a younger child or whatever you're trying to sell to on a, on a Wednesday and Monday. So definitely keeping with Saturdays. Yeah. And, and it just feels like there's, it feels like there's people in the room that are like, Oh, does this all make sense? And, and Chris, I think once again, you might've mentioned in one of the recent articles, like the, the, having the thread of having like CM Punk come out and cut a promo at the beginning of the show. And yeah. then like, it comes back, like there's a, that's another thing that kind of harkens back to like an old WCW type of a thing where like they would, the opening segment would tie into the end segment. And like, so you're kind of following a you're seeing a bunch of stories, but there's one overarching story that's, that starts the show and ends the show. Um, and it just feels way more cohesive. It feels like it feels intentional. Yeah. And when there's less people, you have that opportunity to go like, okay, I'm going to devote time. And this person's going to be in this segment and that segment. Like even in the attitude era, you had like Vince and Austin would be in eight segments of a two hour show. And it never felt like Jesus Christ. There's a lot of Steve Austin on the show. Like that was just it, it worked because worked. you didn't have so many people on the roster. And I think that's certainly something that uh, plugs up dynamite is just having to shoehorn people in. Like this week, love her to death, but did we need to see Britt Baker be a j- local jabroni? No. Did that do anything to advance her? Did we forget that she exists? No. Um, now, like, I don't like how they have wrestlers that just go and I made a joke about it. Like they go into AEW witness protection program um, and like, you know, that does happen. But if you have them wrestle folks that are on ROH or just, I don't know, one of your jobber to the stars, ladies, then she's not going to it's not going to feel like a total like, OK, who gives a fuck about this segment? Yeah. OK, yeah, I think long rent over. I, Let's I, go into blood and guts. What were your thoughts? What did you think? A lot of camera guys. Uh, a lot of camera. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy the fact that uh, they had everyone enter separately rather than when we saw yeah. it, everyone came out together. And then they're all just like, you guys are going yeah, into this match that's literally about how much you hate each other. Uh, but you're just standing outside uh, outside the ring together the whole time and, and minding your P's and Q's. Obviously, I think that the big reason that it paid off was because you got the Coda pop for when he came out last and all of that stuff. Um, it was good. I, I, uh, I, I mean, Coda did some cool stuff, but like, I wish he would have, I don't know. I wish we would have gotten to see more of his kicks and like what makes him like a good wrestler. I don't think if I didn't, if I had never seen Kota Ibushi any in my career or my, my life, I don't know that I would have left that match thinking like, Oh, that's why that guy was so hyped up. Yeah. And going to the camera cuts, there was a great moment where Coda and Kenny finally got together in the match after the, the bed of nails was used on Kenny. Cut right away. This is a story you've been building for something. That you, I guess you weren't building it on Dynamite's television, but this is a story that's been going on since Kota Bushi went back to New Japan and Kenny left. 
Like this was something that you were been waiting for. Come on. Yeah, th- there were a couple of moments in the show where I felt, or uh, in the match, where there were so many camera cuts and just bad angle choices, like the Pac double stomp thing. That was such a cool spot and moment, but it was like it was hard to see. Um, and then you'd also get moments too where you'd see like Moxley telling spots to hangman <laughs> yeah or like they do the sleeping around stuff you know like it was a royal rumble and that kind of shit like it just it does irk me a little bit when you've been building this match for so many months and you know it's going to be a clusterfuck but anarchy in the arena was a little bit more tactful i guess or they just you were kind of <laughs> able to see everything and it wasn't so disastrously like controlled. what's happening right which is <laughs> fucking nuts if that's the case um really and this definitely felt more cluttered and harder to follow um, and just poor choices on what they were shooting and why Um, my other like critique, I like fucking Nick Jackson. He had to come in like he was fucking road warrior Hawk and like just destroy everyone and do like all of his, like I'm the most unstoppable baby face with like, and I can't get beat by anything. Like that's the part of him that I'm like, I, I totally get why, podcasters just fucking hate the box at times and just like totally don't like them at all like that's like the kind of shit that they do sometimes where it's all about them and i don't just how did you guys feel about the section of the ring that was like not covered or i guess the the cage that was under the ring i i don't know how i'm saying this i guess um moxie was able to go under the ring to grab all the shit it's not always been like that, correct? Yeah, no, it has not. Because remember in the remember when we went, they had to like try to pass it through. Right. And it right. was like really weird. Yeah. How did it was you very odd. I didn't really think about it in the moment. I mean, I don't love it. Like it feels like they're trying too hard to have all of these things. And like, do you really need a bed of nails uh in this match? Like you're within the cage. Like it just feels like there's there's like almost like a desperation and that's the problem. Like when WWE has like, they have very mild versions of everything. They're not always constantly trying to one up things. Like the idea that like John Moxley stay up until midnight on, you know, Tuesday night building a bed of nails is just weird to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. God. Um, I did like the spot though, where they rained the thumbtacks down. Like I don't like thumbtack spots always, but like whatever, it was something like a different visual and different way to pour them out. But it is weird that they have to have like so many gimmicks yeah. inside it I, when like it already is a gimmick. And then the fucking dumbass exactly. fans are like, we want tables. It's like, there's fucking glass think, and a bed of yeah. nails and you want tables, you <laughs> dumb fucks. Like God, I, Boston sucks. I think they were chanting. <laughs> we want fire at one point too. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, I have two questions. First of all, I think part of the reason that I am, liking collision more is I think I'm John Moxley'd out. Like, do you guys feel that way? I just, I'm, I don't need to see like this. I just, like, I'm tired of just seeing him bleed every week and the whole death jitsu thing. I'm like, that's not, that's not a creative term. I don't get it. And I'm sure like, I don't, I'm not saying I want him to leave AEW, no, but I am yeah. saying I need him to go on a, go, go be the lead singer of Fozzie for six months. Right. No, they they do rely on them to carry the show so much. And this angle has kind of it's 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 one of the better angles that dragged on for a long time. It didn't feel like JAS versus yeah. Blackpool Combat Club before, but it was still like, OK, this is done. Um, 
yeah, it's, uh, I guess the thing I just don't like is the, like, I get sick of the goof, like the goofy stuff on dynamite. Like I get sick of seeing Sanjay, Jeff Jarrett and that those guys and QTV and like, um, jungle boy can't do anything like like he has to always have like 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 the cheap heat stuff yeah that's the kind of shit i just like kind of get sick of the sports entertainment or the run-ins and um stables that have 20 guys out in the outside like that kind of stuff i just like it almost feels like they're like trying to find like a memeable moment like something that's going to go viral because because jungle boy dove into a car when he was running away from hook or whatever yeah. <laughs> that type of stuff is goofy but my other thing i was going to bring up is did you see um do you see kenny's comments after in the post-match conference no, at i all? did see that yes I did so kenny said um you know he's happy that abushi you know finally showed up and that he's he he feels good knowing that he's going to see abushi in an AEW ring again but that he will follow the Bucks wherever they choose to go for his entire wrestling career. So um, do you guys think, I guess, ultimately, you know, whenever their contracts are up, will the elite be leaving or are they staying? I think they probably stay. I, I think that they know what, what there is in WWE, but I think collision has made me feel more than ever that, AEW doesn't need them as much. The only thing that them leaving really creates is a narrative, a narrative that they can't keep stars. Uh, when three, four, all four of the co-founders essentially leave. Uh, I think they stay because in a weird way, this has now that there's a different show, because like it almost gives them a place to be at and it gives them another yeah. option. And I think um, this is, Kenny's way and the elite's way of it's just like a peacocking athlete who's like, well, you know, I may not show up at training camp. Like it's, it's not going to be you know, a hometown you're, discount. You're getting, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you're getting the, what the fuck is it? Like the tender or the franchise what tag. Is it, the, yeah. Franchise tag or something like that. Just trying to avoid it. Like, um, I think there's probably, I'm sure there was a lot of hurt feelings though with everything with punk and all the behind the scenes stuff. And that was probably very scarring and da 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 da. Um, and I think what they probably will do, uh, if they're smart, is they're going to just not resign and negotiate and let their contracts go up or let that 90 day thing go where they can negotiate, but they ultimately stay. That's my, yeah, opinion. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I could see that or, or even like, if you do sign, do do like what Punk did in 2011, sign your new deal and then disappear for two months. So everyone is guessing like, don't tweet, don't tweet anything. Don't put out a single being the elite. I don't know if they're even capable of doing that, uh, but I don't. Um, yeah, <laughs> we got to get this stupid dark order bit in. Um, but I, I just feel like the, the show would do, it would, it would, I don't think it would, I don't think we would miss the Bucks as much as I would have thought before. Kenny, I think, would be tough. Um, yes. But I do also think that there are people who are potentially ready to step up. And, you know, you could still fill that void a little bit. And, and ultimately, like, you always have to be that way. Like, you have to, you have to be prepared to, uh, yeah. yeah, you have to be prepared to next man up. So it's on Tony if he can't replace them. Mm hmm. All right, Blood and Guts 
Um, other thing I was going to bring up, do you want to see it on a pay-per-view and not on television? Like that's what I kind of kept thinking too. It's like, I just love to see it once on a pay-per-view where there weren't all these commercials. There weren't weird stoppages where they're like, okay, we know there's a commercial Moxley goes and picks in his pockets for a blade. My only qualm with it is, uh, I hate the double ring for all the other matches. (gasps) Yeah. You hate Royal Rampage. (laughs) Well, at least then they put it to use, you know? Uh, Yeah, I I don't like the, uh, I don't, I don't like when I'm watching a match and there's just like another ring there weirdly and they just kind of don't acknowledge it. Uh, So I don't love it for that perspective, but I do think they could probably put on a great, um, a great match if without the commercial interruptions and even just, you know, there would be, it's crazy to think that they would get more extreme if it was on pay-per-view versus on television. Yeah, that's true. The one thing I wanted to bring up too, okay, you mentioned that would they be missed, the elite that is. Um, uh, I didn't put in my article yet because I didn't write it and post it yet, but um, something I'm going to put in there is uh, like they built this match for months and months and months and the loudest pops were for MJF dancing and doing a fucking tope. You know, like (laughs) it just, there was a spur of the moment. It was a one week thing. And he decides to do Adam Cole's entrance and break dance and do the dive out and the double clothesline. That double clothesline got a bigger pop and a bigger reaction and more fan enjoyment than a bed of nails that people backflip on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I hate to do like the Vince Russo shit of like, it's characters, bro. But like that, then is kind of, <laughs> there's a little bit of kernel of truth of like, yeah, well, if you are invested in a character, you're going to want to see them do stuff more, even if it is the most pedestrian thing, like a fucking double clothesline spot. But um, that's, okay. it goes to oh, show. Wow. Yeah. It just go, I was just gonna say, it just goes to show MJF's like his brilliance, which we've talked about. Oh God. And, yeah. You know, this is episode 91. We've talked about it. Episode one through 91. Um, every single, every single week he does so good at just committing to who he is that it makes that exciting. I fucking love too how people were like so like well that f- the f- the four pillars thing is his fault and like that that program sucks dick because of him and like he's the champion it should be drawing and da 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 like he got a lot of blame for that I mean uh, the other guys did but he still got a lot of blame too because he was a champion and it's like no like he's the best in years like just how much he's been able to just completely you you forgot about that angle because of this angle that's wiped off the face of the earth. This has been, this has been so good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go into G one, the G one. Um, and Mr. Climax himself, Sean, I don't know why I'm calling you that. (laughs) Come on. Wait, 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 before you, before you, uh, before you talk about that, I just want to thank you again for naming our episode last week, something about you climaxing, because we did officially submit the podcast to Amazon yes. Music to be featured by them. And oh, uh, great. that'll be the first episode that they had to review. So that the, poor um, intersection we have on the internet is yeah. really going to. Well, if you go to sometimes our searches are wrestling leaders, it's like Willow Nightingale's ass, MJF's ass. Like we do get a couple of from both genders and all orientations. People like look at our website for possible porn. Uh, but I do love that we called it there. I, I called it that. And then the episode, I sound like a tired NPR DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about your novel. 
climaxed out. Where did those words <laughs> come from? Like the most boring tone. Fucking hell. Okay, so Sean, you love New Japan. That's kind of your favorite promotion. G1's your Christmas because we all know your birthday's ruined by Christmas. Or Christmas is ruined by your birthday because you're on timely timing of your birth. Christmas in July. Yes. So it's Christmas in July. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Um, What are your takeaways so far? What are you excited about and what have you enjoyed seeing Um, so far? I'm shocked Shingo Takagi is 0-2. Yeah. (laughs) That's uh, – the first match he loses to Eddie. I mean, good to see Eddie Eddie win a match, uh, especially his first one. I that's not his first match in Japan. I'm not totally sure. I don't believe so. But uh, great, his first G one match to be a, a win. Loved um, Shota Umino Ren Narita going time limit mm-hmm. draw. Loved Ren Narita doing it again with Yuta Suji. Those those young lions finally getting into to the ring with each other. It's, that's going to be the future. So it's good to see these people kind of really starting to to make those bonds a fuse to just so early. Um, Sonata doesn't feel like such a big deal. I don't know why. Just to, it, especially when you have the former champ going on in a main event with o- Okada. And then uh, I can't remember who he wrestled that match. LP. Uh, LP okay, yeah. uh, he's doing good now that he's not doing best of super juniors in the same year. So good to see that. Um, not a huge fan of every, anyone in the bullet club, War Dogs, whatever the hell they're called, except for Alex Coughlin. He had a great match with um, yeah. Jeff Cobb. Kind of gave him like that monster approach look. If you can do that with Jeff Cobb, the, the size of that motherfucker, you can do that against mm-hmm. some of the best of them. But what about you? I don't want to take it all. No, you're good. Um, I love all the young blood in this. I mean, like we we talked for so long about how stale New Japan was and how some of the G1s like, Jesus Christ, it's the same fucking name. It's Yano, it's Goto, it's Yoshihashi, it's all these guys. Um, but boy, Yodasuji and uh Hanari is like God, there's some yeah. like there's yeah. some and, and even yeah, the bullet club war ward lows war, are war, annoying war, a little war, bit. War. But <laughs> but like Coughlin and I think Gabe Kidd is gonna probably have a good match too. Like like, like so. he may pull something out. I think he just had shenanigans to start off. But anyways, the young blood is looking really good and Suji's he is nasty. That is like my new favorite guy. Yeah, I'm I'm oh, surprised. Fuck, his, look, he's good. his look isn't isn't there, but he's killing it in the ring. He looks. I don't know. I I love that guy. I think he's uh, he has kind of like a it's like a Japanese version of Brian Cage in a way of just like a guy that has like crazy fucking moves and Does can do all. things. Yeah, and like it's just for his size, you're like, wow, he's super athletic and can pull off a lot. Um, and just has a fire to him too. Um, so I've been very impressed. And I think the biggest takeaway is like new Japan is in a good spot. Um, I thought, man, AEW is rating them and like, they're kind of not doing so hot and so many talent left, but like they're looking good now with who's coming up. And I think the future is going to be very bright. Yeah, totally. I, I loved going back to Yorosuji. Um, his match with Renarita, he, clearly the time was taken down and he just didn't give a fuck. It was just pure hatred. And that's, that's going to create a, a great story that we haven't totally seen in a while in, no. in New Japan. It's always just been a Tanahashi and Okada going back at yeah. each other, chasing Ric Flair's number. So yeah. I think he's going to beat Sonata on the next night that's coming up just to get them even. Okada. That's the main event. No, uh, oh. Suji. You think so? Yeah. Jeez. I'm guessing. 
that's the main event, I think, night five. So, but yeah, there's some good shit. It's a good tournament. I like, like I remember last year, I was like, man, Sean, you're really sacrificing. You're really doing us a salad by reviewing all these things. As if you were like, you know, mining fucking conflict diamonds or something. And that, like, it was, it wasn't that big of a deal. Talk, talk about punishments for uh, saying yeah. the old Daniel's name. Definitely yeah. not uh, Carmela and whatever the hell it was. It was last year's G1. This one. <laughs> Start, start last difference. Year, last year, remember, you got us. We, we were like on first page of Google with our ratings. Oh, that's oh, right. I haven't checked. Like, yeah. yeah, I got to go and check that shit. Oh, maybe we will again. Obviously, Zack Sabre Jr. is my uh, in, in tournament uh, number one hope. I'd love to see him win the G1. Anyone, anyone else, obviously, sticking out to you? Him, I, don't think, I don't think Okada can win another one this year. No, that's too much. Um, although Okada is their world champion. Like, he doesn't have the title, but he's like their Cena, where like the, the belt kid. is Cena, the belt is Okada. Sonata can have it, but... Um, oh, speaking of which, you see how Naito was like, he doesn't have any charisma, he doesn't stand out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, an old dish rag now. The former yeah. LIJ, now a dish rag. I love how those guys, um, like even at the G1 press conference, there's a, such a funny level of like shit talking. And then just in, ja- in, in in Japan, like you can just say fuck all the time on TV. And it's not like it's not this evil. A Baptist is going to throw, you know, church water on you because you say that like it's, it's just such a different culture. Like you can right. just say shit like that there. And it's not you don't bat an eye. Like God, fucking Japan's so cool. <laughs> that, that, that press conference, Alex Coughlin had a. I, I think I missed yeah, it. Yeah, like great, that was like the one thing I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't watched the match yet, but I saw that. Amazed at his accent, would have never guessed that he was a staunch New Yorker or whatever the hell. It was blew me away. But great, just overall Alex, story. Alex Coughlin for uh, the next Casey Jones. That's my. It's uh, my. It's my push. That's a roided out Casey Jones. <laughs> okay, so we've had a lot of positives we've talked about so far. Let's get into some of the negative things that's on our radar, uh, just because we haven't had a chance to organically talk about this stuff. So um, the thing that came out of Blood and Guts was that Pac and uh, Claudio kind of went at it, which was a cool... St- don't get me wrong. I, I thought that was a cool way to kind of do this storyline where Blackpool Combat Club's mercenaries you know, don't back them up and it's the friends that win this story whatever. But now it's going to be Pac versus Claudio at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view on Friday. I've not been following Ring of Honor at all, like just because of all the other free wrestling that's going on. I've stopped watching the weekly show. Um, but from right here, it's not being really promoted for shit. Um, so what are your thoughts on Ring of Honor? Do you have any interest in this pay-per-view at all or no? Uh, I have no interest. Uh, yeah, no interest in paying for it. Um, no interest in like taking time away from watching, um, you know, Collision Rampage. or something. Yeah. Oh, it's on. <laughs> oh, it's on Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That tells you right there. Uh, so if it was if it was in Michigan and they were doing the show, I would go to it. But other than that, I will not be uh, viewing any of it, and it's a bummer. And I think too, like this would have been great if if that pay-per-view was in a month or two this would have been a great start to a feud between yeah. pack and claudio but 
the fact that like that happened then instantly Claudio's like, Hey man, do you want a title shot out of that? Like, since you didn't help us feels weird. And, uh, yeah, yeah. In two days. And then also I felt like they didn't sell Takeshita's leaving. Like Takeshita just kind of left and it felt weird. Like it felt like you're like, you, you just did that. Like he should have left because the elite, like, was like, hey, we're either going to put you through this bed of nails or you leave. And then he's like, oh, I'm out of here. Like, he should have been more cowardly. It felt like they just mm-hmm. didn't sell it hard enough for me. And then I'm like, well, you just did the same thing twice with the two guys. But I get it. It's their two mercenaries. It's the two guys that aren't actual BCC guys. But it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, same sentiments. You could have had something like even Don Callis um, just kind of show up at the the door and Kenny pulls him in. Takeshi takes him out and just runs away with him or something like that bullshit. But yeah. uh, to, uh, to Ring of Honor, not interested. Uh, it'll be a fun match. I'll definitely watch like the the five minute uh, final sequence on Reddit or something. But I'm not going out of my way, especially in G1 time where we got to get those posts. We got to hit the numbers. All right. Well, you mentioned uh, things coming to Michigan. So someone who was and is now not coming to Michigan is the Rick Don- Steiner. Oh. So. Um, <laughs> how do we talk about this um wait so um so he's not now i didn't see that update he's not yeah now. he's not they I don't, kind, yeah i don't understand how in the first place they thought they could just really bring him back after what happened yeah and expect there not to be any kind of backlash or any right possible situation that could happen i mean if from all the accounts that i could really hear his attack verbal attack whatever on giselle shaw mm-hmm. Uh, was unprovoked. So yeah. w- what's going to stop him from doing it this time? Or especially when you have, I mean, everyone's a troll nowadays. People are just going to be coming up to him and saying shit. This is going to cause a very bad scene. Just forget about him. Let's go on and don't allow him at your events, especially when he just within the last year had this issue. Yeah. Like, I just don't know how the the think tank here where they're like, no, 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 no. The juice is worth the squeeze. Like, just what would make them think, like, you know, the most divisive issue in the country, which that's a whole fucking story in itself of, like, why people are letting this get to, um, yeah, but, uh, like, why would you invite all of this toxicity and and invite him in? Um, And they, they did try to, like, talk about why and they give some explanation. I'll give them credit at the very least that it wasn't. I mean, it was shitty, but was at least it point. wasn't like, well, the, 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 the second chance is, uh, he hey, tried look to over there. you know, like it wasn't like that bad, but, um, I don't know. I just, boy, oh boy, that was such a weird, why the fuck would you do that and think that was going to fly? Yeah. Especially for a designer. Like it's, it's home. one thing like, like, you know, sometimes things happen and you're like, but it is, the, it's Hulk Hogan. It's a big name. Like you get it. But it's like Rick Steiner. <laughs> Rick Steiner isn't bringing people in. The, no, it's a dog face gremlin. It's a. It. Did you guys see the guy that just got released by uh, the Browns because he uh, was on video like threatening a woman at a hotel? Ooh, nice. No, no. He's a, he's a defensive tackle, and like so, like it got announced, like, hey, they've done this because of you know his his a threat on a woman. And one of the top tweets I saw was like some guy that was like, wait until the Browns hear about Deshaun Watson, and. <laughs> <laughs> And like, that's unfortunate, but that's what the way it is, right? Like where it's like, this guy was yeah. a no name, probably six, six round draft pick. So the Browns don't give a shit, but they'll give 300 million to this guy 
you know, with, with Deshaun stuff. Like it's, it's like, it's a weird time where, where it's like, it's weird to watch corporations or, or, you know, I don't know if Russell Khan's technically a corporation, but it's weird to watch them like just kind of openly make that decision of like, eh, we care about you, but not you. Like, it's just a very odd, yeah. it's very odd to see in, in real time. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Okay. Um, other things, you know, we haven't talked about SummerSlam in quite a bit. Um, SummerSlam yeah. weekend, because that's also with Russell Khan, but then we have GCW and then SummerSlam happening back to back. Some people I, have anniversaries. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're not fucking going anywhere. I'm staying sure. to Harpo's. You should uh, be at Harpo's. I know. I should. But you should be here. I can't. I wanted, I wanted to be watching jeff hardy do a cover of hunger strike oh fuck of the yeah dog oh fuck yeah great <laughs> great pull jack would fit in so well at harpo's don't oh, you yeah. think he loves meth <laughs> meth and mold <laughs> and shitting he yourself loves- yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got that part down killer but okay so no we haven't talked about SummerSlam in a while is there anything on the SummerSlam card so far that you're excited about or is there anything that you're like oh shit this will be good or are you guys even going still or no 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 i no i never got tickets uh i i had to prioritize uh and tmnt and gcw is all i could really uh make do with for that week but i i i don't know if i'm gonna lose my wrestling elitist card for this but oddly excited for logan paul versus ricochet because those two are going to be fucking insane yeah um every time those two do something you know at the uh, money in the bank they tried that spanish fly to the outside it didn't didn't work but at the royal rumble they did that meet in the middle thing where they both uh jumped from the outside of the ring into the middle of it and smacked bodies these two are gonna absolutely do some crazy stuff and my buddy actually texted me and asked, he's like, so what's the opinion on Logan Paul? I was like, I mean, I don't really care about WWE that much, but uh, I respect the hell out of how hard Logan Paul yeah. seems to work towards towards WWE, and he seems to take it seriously. He wants to be good. Um, I don't think I could ever cheer him as a face, and I don't think a lot of people could, but I appreciate the effort he puts in as somebody who could just come in and collect a paycheck. I almost disagree. Like, I don't think he even tries hard. I think he's just that good naturally. I think he is just one of those fucking weirdos that are just like, like a Kurt Angle or someone who gets it right away. Like that yeah. just did not, I don't know. He, I mean, I'm sure he does work hard and like, it's not an easy thing to do to go to wrestling school. Like that fucking sucks. It'd be hard, but yeah. he just seems like such a natural where like, like everything in his game is really good. Like, and he, he doesn't do, like he does crazy shit, but he also does a lot of just drop kicks and selling and it just looks really good. And he has perfect timing. That's freaky mm-hmm. for a YouTuber. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Jay versus Roman should definitely be good too. It All right. So be. I might lose my this card on this, but I'm really looking forward to Rhonda and Baszler. Okay. I think that'll be kind of cool. <laughs> like they never wrestled really. I don't think they never had like a, like a, like a marquee match. Yeah. And um, I think it's Rhonda's last match or she might not be coming back or whatever. And eh, it could be kind of interesting or yeah. just for a weird, like, like it could be a good freak of nature match too, of like where Goldberg and Lesnar wrestled and everyone knew it was their last match and they just shit on it. Like maybe if people know that Rhonda's leaving, 
they just go nuclear on her. Like that could be a weird spectacle. So I don't know. I'm really looking forward to SummerSlam. I can't wait to watch it when Amy falls asleep on her anniversary. Not to mention <laughs> on your precious Peacock account that you're so locked in on. Hey, if you want your hands on my cock, you just got to. <laughs> I will publish two versions of this podcast, one for Amazon and one for everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I'm, I'm also glad that that uh, you said that. And I uh, just told the guy who works at my new gym that we have a podcast and he asked for the, the podcast name. So he'll hear that. Like, uh-huh. oh, you guys are real mature over there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you, sir, are subscribing and you're going to be listening to this podcast every week and sharing it with your other wrestling friends. (laughs) And sharing it with the guy from the observer. Oh, really? Yeah. He's uh, he said he, he emails all the time with uh, Garrett from the wrestling observer. So I have him pass us along all our shit talking. We do of, of their content. uh, (laughs) Specifically, please don't tell them about us. Yeah, I was going to say, right, bad idea. Um, okay, anything else that you wanted to get into before we wrap up? We hit G1. We hit the we hit the Blood and Guts, SummerSlam. What's so far? Oh, I didn't go talk about Seth Rollins. That's the one thing I wanted to bring up, too. Oh. Sorry, my bad. Um, so the uh, quote that he said, and it, and, it, and it got regurgitated or like re, you know, the clickbait stuff of like, uh, you know, being glad they're not in the union. And when you heard his full quote, it wasn't as like bad as it sounded, but it's, it's still fucking astonishing how so many wrestlers just want to be treated like circus animals. Like it's fucking incredible how Vince, and I would say also too to like Jr. being in talent relations have just fed the whole industry, this idea that if there's a union, the industry is going to collapse in on itself and it's just going to be fucking ruined. Like, well, Yeah. I was going to say, it's just, you, especially you look at the stuff that the actors union is trying to do, right. Or the, the, like the things that they're fighting right now, about streaming, rights. streaming rights are like about the whole idea of just being able to one time scan your face and then you can always use your likeness for any yes. future use for, one-time payment. Yeah. for 200 bucks hot dog. And, and he's like, and he's like, well, I stand with them. Like, but you don't because like, you don't fight for your own residual. And, and just the idea of like, I, Granted, yes, unions have gone too far. They overreach in some industries. Yes, it's stupid that if a guy, you know, working on an auto line takes a dump while he's making a Ford F-150 and they don't fire him because the union protects him. Yes, that's stupid. Everyone gets that. But it's stupid that you guys don't fight to get like benefits for your family. Like the ability to like turn down a TLC match if you don't want to do it or like time off or like there's just certain things they could do to like protect themselves that isn't going to fuck up your spot and isn't going to like take away your opportunity to be a main eventer. It's just it's astonishing that these guys don't just collectively uh, bargain in any kind of way. And like, like if you look at any professional sport league too, like football, baseball, if they didn't have a union, they'd be so fucked. Not to say, like, I'm granted, I'm not, again, Mr. Pro Union, and it doesn't make me Karl Marx to say this, but it's just incredible that, like, these guys don't want any semblance of protection. It's like they, I think, too, like, it, it's with, like, a Seth where he pretty much came up into WWE and it was immediately, like, a star. But, like, the union, like, where there's value is for 
those middle card guys that just yeah. that never get to the stardom. It's the same thing in baseball where it's like the fight for the fans is always like, oh, these guys are making $40 million a year. Why should I care about them? I, I get that and I can, I can understand and agree with it. But how many guys uh, are the 26th man on a roster, meaning, you know, they're constantly going back and forth to the minors and they, they're making $60,000 a year. Like right. that's, that's really what you should be fighting for more than anything. Like same thing with the stars in Hollywood. Like can Robert Downey Jr. probably command a pretty big payment to use his likeness for something? Sure. But uh, the guy who waits tables Monday through Friday and then just got a job as an extra on Law & Order SVU probably you know, can't afford to say no to the opportunity, but also is going to sign away their fucking life. Yeah. Okay, so we got really deep in politics on this episode. I didn't mean to do that per se, but hey, if you still want to follow the show and subscribe and like to us, please do so. You can follow us at Wrestling Leadist on Twitter and on Instagram, and you can obviously follow the uh, podcast itself whenever it gets into your phone via Apple, via uh, via Spotify, wherever you listen Amazon, to podcasts. Amazon. Amazon. We love Amazon here. Amazon. Here Big Amazon, guys. Get back in. Love you, I forgot Rizos. the name of their CEO, and I was going to say we love Elon, and that was like not the fucking CEO of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay, and then you can also follow us at WrestlingElitist.com for all of our latest match reviews, articles, commentary on the state of the G1. wrestling business. The G1. We're going to be uh, knee-deep in the G1. Uh, it's been a great tournament so far. It typically only gets better um, as things uh, get towards the finish line there. So, Excited to have a G1 summer with you boys. And uh, Rick Rude, what do you have to say? Hit the music.